conversations that you really don't want to have because they are so uncomfortable and you know you're in the wrong and you just don't want to have the conversation, but you know you're going to feel so much better once you have it. That is me right now sitting down recording the intro to this podcast. Um, Where have we been? Where have we been? We have been right here, but we have been so incredibly busy. It would be so easy for me to say, we're busy. We didn't have enough time, but like we were so busy. You guys, I'm in school. I am interning. I am working. I am shadowing. And we kind of had this idea to start this podcast because Dan hadn't started his new job yet. And we had all this time or Dan had all this time. And then Dan got his job. He, it was a pretty quick turnaround that he had to start his job and thus began the process of us trying to move to upstate New York and trying to find a place to live We got kind of screwed over by two different landlords and it was just a whole big mess. So by the end of the day, Dan and I would sit down, we'd look at each other and we'd think, not today. Like we cannot podcast today. So yeah, it would be so easy for me to say that we were too busy, but I'm just trying to convey to you guys exactly how busy we were and kind of not seem like a lazy slob with this podcast because I know that is what I look like right now. Anyways, we are back on our grind. Well, I am back on my grind. Dan will still make an appearance in the podcast, but he is working full time. And yes, while I'm working and going to school and in the process of a move and interning, this is what I do. This is my side hustle. This is the things that I like to spend my time on. So social media, podcasting, YouTube, that's all something that I've chosen to spend my time on. And it's kind of unfair to make Dan do all of that while he's not nearly as invested in it. So I'm back. I kind of revamped the podcast art, if you saw that. And I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to you guys some more and explore a new platform. And I have a new mic that I'm speaking into. So hopefully this quality is a little bit better than what you're about to hear. What you're about to hear is a conversation with someone who has become a pretty good friend of mine. Her name is Michelle and she's Fuel My Run on Instagram. And she is the host of the Fuel Pod. A few months ago, I was on her podcast for the first time, and that's when we first met, and we've just kind of grown a friendship from there. So it was great to sit down with her and talk with her, and we talk about some pretty TMI things. We answer your questions, all that jazz. Michelle is so easy to talk to, and I think you'll hear it in our conversation. It's just so natural when we speak. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Michelle. Feel my run. Okay, so after some technical difficulties and taking up literally 15 minutes of your time. Oh my um, God, I don't care. Okay, so I have with me Michelle, aka Feel My Run on Instagram. If you haven't heard my podcast with her on her podcast, her podcast with me, go check it out. I think I can link it in the bio, right? Totes. Okay. The Fuel Pod. The Fuel Pod. So welcome, Michelle. Tell everybody listening a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do. The show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Started off on a great note. Okay, yeah. So my name is Michelle. You may know me on Instagram, which you probably don't follow me because I don't even know what I'm doing on that platform, but I am Fuel My Run on Instagram, Fuel My Run on YouTube. I am from Northern California originally, Chico. 530 stuff and I live in southern <laughs> I live in southern California now in Long Beach. I quit my full-time job maybe a couple years ago, year and a half. I've been trying to do the math. I can't really figure it out fast. 
but probably a year and a half ago to pursue coaching full-time, running coaching, and doing marketing contract work on the side. So yeah, I'm just here vibing, creating content, love my <laughs> podcast, The Fuel Pod, and YouTube channel, Fuel My Run. And I met Jill over Instagram by randomly messaging her until she messaged me back. <laughs> I leave them on red, guys. That's how you get them. Yeah, seriously. She got me wanting more, and so I pursued it. it yeah, it was easy. It was all just like a modern classic love story. But um, yeah, yeah, I, and it just—I feel like when I first met you two, it just worked out. So we have very similar. We have different personalities, but we have very similar like values and virtues and things like that. And I think that's why totally you get along really well. And oh like, yeah. I will say this all in the beginning, but Michelle is just like the kind of person who truly wants to see others succeed. Like if I have something that I do on my YouTube channel, like, and I have like a question that I ask people, Michelle is like the first person to text me and like, give me an answer or like, just give me advice. I go to her for advice on like podcasts in YouTube, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And she just genuinely wants to help people like not even <laughs> yourself. So it's just, yeah, you're very, generous. I'm going to cry. God, Jill. Well, I feel the same about you, honestly. And it's kind of fun, too, because I feel like we're both in similar, similar. We're both in similar. Oh, are you OK? Is that a word? What the hell? OK, yeah, we're both in similar spots when it comes to Dan, edit that out. YouTube, because we're both growing our channel. We I mean, yours are more kind of like vlog focused and mine are, I don't know, taste testing more I, I don't even know. I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing on there. But I feel like we're in like similar spots. And so it's kind of fun to pick each other's brain too. Like I'm like, oh, hey, where'd you find that music or X, Y, Z. And how I feel like we've, we maybe talked about this, but how did you get into running just so that people know? Because this is going to yeah. be pretty running focused today. 100%. I mean, since when is your stuff not running focused? That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you're talking about try stuff with Dan too, which I'm very excited to hear more about in upcoming podcasts. But I got into running in college when I was a freshman. I had played sports my entire life. Never really ran, though. I mean, I was a sprinter in high school, <laughs> which is kind of funny because I was never the best, but I was really good at training, which was always like longer distance, you know, in our training runs during the week. But when I got into college, I was kind of looking for some kind of physical activity because I gained a few pounds and I was just like missing that adrenaline and I was missing the endorphins that I used to have playing sports. So one of my good friends in the dorm was like, why don't you run? And I was like, bitch, no. And then I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I went on a run with her, basically fell in love with it from there. And the rest is history being made. And how did you get into coaching though? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I try to think like more and more of like how that step was made, but I feel like I, I like to nerd out and I mean, you're a nerd too, so you get it. But <laughs> when I get into something, I like to learn everything about it. And I feel like I'm just continuously learning, you know, new workouts <laughs> and, you know, what the science says about things. And I just kind of wanted to learn everything there was about running as I was getting into it. And then I've always kind of liked the, the coaching side of things. And so, I mean, I'm a decent runner for, for me. But I think I'm a better coach than I am runner because I really like working with others and helping others find their true potential. And not only that, but also get into running, you know, because it's like we found this sport that really benefits ourselves. And it's 
so much more than the physical benefits too. It's really the mental benefits and so much more. And so it's like, if we can help others get into the sport, then holy crap, how cool is that? That's impressive too, because you're not only responsible for yourself and your own running, like you're responsible for someone else and someone else's training, which I could never take that on. That's so much responsibility. So that's very impressive in my opinion. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. It, it is kind of a lot of pressure in some cases where, you know, you're dealing like in your case with the runner coming back from an injury and you want to make sure that they're playing it as safe as possible. And there's a lot that goes into working with individuals too, when it comes to workouts, because you can prescribe someone a workout and then they kick ass. They do really well prescribe someone really similar to that athlete, maybe the same workout or something really similar and they don't do as well. So you kind of have to find like what really works for the individual, if that makes sense. Yeah. Every runner is so different. And then every day for every runner is so different. Yeah. And so that's why it's like, if you find a training plan online, that's like 12 weeks long, let's say you do six weeks perfectly. And then you get to week seven, you're like, wow, this isn't working for me, or it's not challenging me or X, Y, Z. It's like, that's why a coach is great because they're seeing what's going on with you week to week or month to month or whatever it is. And they can tailor it based on how you're performing. Do you need to amp it up? Do you need to back it off? Do you have an injury coming on? So I think there's a lot that goes into the individual athlete, like you're saying. Yeah. yeah, that's what makes a coach so important, like you said. You can go and follow as many running plans as you want online, but you you need that personal connection and someone to check in on you because it's hard to check in on yourself as a runner. And if you're so goal oriented, it's hard to like slow yourself down and check in with yourself. When did you, can I ask you a question? Yeah. My podcast self is like, <laughs> I'm asking Jill a question now. No, but when did you decide to get a coach? I think it was, it was after my solo marathon, which was in November. So I think it was like early December. I decided to reach out for a coach more so. I mean, I injured myself but I was also looking to just add in some speed work, add in some strength training that I didn't really trust myself to do. So I knew I needed someone else and it's been really beneficial. Like I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. It sounds like he's a good fit for you. Just how you yeah. talk about him on Instagram and stuff. Oh yeah. He's perfect. I drive him crazy, but it works really well. So <laughs> I'm like the it, worst person to coach. No. Are you kidding? You have so much, you're, you would be a coaching dream because you have so much untapped potential. I hope that's like, true. It is. I mean, we've talked the first time I spoke with you and I kind of was like, you always post your paces and stuff for easy runs and just speed workouts in general. I remember being like, okay, so when are you training for a sub three marathon? <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. But then you talked, I remember you talked to your coach about it and I know that's, that's a goal of yours, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Awesome. So if you don't know, I will put it in the title, but if you don't know by now, after us blabbering, we are going to be doing a little bit of a TMI question, girl talk, embarrassing questions. <laughs> we're your older sisters because we're old. I, I feel like I'm still 20. I feel like I'm a 70 year old in an 18 year old's body. So we have a lot of questions and some are more serious than others. So let's start out on a light note. And these are all submitted through my Instagram. So yeah. if you don't follow me, Go follow me if you don't follow Michelle. Go follow Michelle. I don't know how you would have found this podcast if you don't follow me on Instagram, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you ever pooped your pants on a run? Do you want to go first or do you want me to? I, well, I uh, see. I haven't pooped my pants on a run. Like I've been very, very close. And I feel like <laughs> now I know what works. I've, okay. So I've had to pull over, not get off the road and go in the woods, but not like 
it's never been in my pants. <laughs> it hasn't? It hasn't. I feel like I know what works for me now and I can't I can't take my vitamins before a run because it's just like instant. Oh yeah. You're yeah. like something happens with the gut and it's like, all right, poop is coming out now. I have pooped my pants. Really? It was a really <laughs> I'll tell the story real fast. I'll keep it brief. But basically, I'm usually like you. Like, I know it's coming. And it, there's just, like, a thing when you're on a – I've done it a couple times, actually. Like, when you're on a run and you're doing, like, an out and back and you're, like, way far away from the back where the porter potty is and you're just like, oh, my God. And there's one thing when you, like, pull over on a trail behind a tree. That doesn't count. But there's this one run. I had eaten so much fiber during the day. And I was trying to make it home and I texted, I remember texting Sam, like doing a jiggle jog. I'm like, I'm not going to make it. He's like, Michelle, you need to have control of your bowels. This is like, not okay. You need to go to the doctor. I'm like, Sam, I, I don't know what to tell you. And then right when I was texting, I was going up a hill and it just like slid out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not embarrassing because it, it happens so often. Like, well, you're pounding your intestines and you don't have control. Like it's, and you're far away and, oh, last thing I don't know this is my topic pooping obviously but if you think a porter potty or a bathroom is somewhere it's kind of like when you think the finish line is there and you turn the corner and it's not there it's and you think you're gonna poop there and it's not you're gonna poop your pants so it's okay it happens it's basic math honestly it's basic math <laughs> <laughs> okay peeing during a marathon have you slash how to okay I'll start with this one so I think if if I was in a marathon and I, well, I did hold my pee for the entire LA marathon, which was my PR marathon. Don't recommend it because I had a little like bladder issue after that race probably. But um, I would pee my pants during a marathon. I don't think I would poop my pants unless it was in the last like 5K and I was on pace to get a PR. What do you think? No, I, I've haven't stopped to pee during any of my marathons or any of my long runs really my first one though the New York City Marathon I held it the whole time and then I drove home for an hour and oh held it yeah and then I tried Stop. to go to the bathroom like McDonald's I, I don't know why I didn't we didn't stop I just was like get me home yeah and then I like the same thing I had some bladder issues like I couldn't go to the bathroom after that I was like why is it not coming out oh my god that's so scary yeah, yeah. no I I think I have stopped during a marathon to poop. I've I've ran like 11 or 12 marathons. And so there has been some like bathroom issues. So I've I probably stopped like maybe three, four races, a couple that I wasn't taking seriously to poop. And yeah, I mean, they put a lot of porter potties on the course. Long runs. I mean, okay, let's just say this. If it's like a, a training run, there's nothing wrong with stopping to pee yeah. during a race. If you're feeling yourself, just let it drizzle. You know, yeah. people will think it's sweat. Yeah, that's true. It'll just, and sweat will just wipe it away too. So yeah, exactly. Cleansing. <laughs> Would Great. you ever date someone who hated running slash hated working out? Ooh, yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, hated working out, hated running. Like Sam doesn't really like running that much. I mean, he ran a half marathon with me at the beginning of when we were dating. Sam's my boyfriend, by the way. And I realized over time that he just kind of did that for me and he doesn't really like running and he'll run for cardio at the gym and stuff. Like, I mean, if he, he, I always tell him if he wanted to train, he would be a really good runner, but he doesn't like it. But I think the whole fitness aspect of things is important to me. Like I want someone who maybe if they're not super into the gym, that's fine. But someone that wants to be healthy and just for like the long-term good of the health benefits. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
hundred percent. I think I'm the same way. Like hated running. That's not a huge deal. I mean, I'm lucky that Dan likes to run, but hated working out. I would have, I have difficulty with that. Cause it just means they don't take care of themselves. hundred percent. Like you don't have to have a six pack. Yeah. Tips for running while on your period. I just shove a tampon in and go. Same. I don't really like, even if I have cramps, I've noticed that like, obviously if the cramps are really bad, like just wait it out, yeah, wait exactly. for it to pass and then go out. But usually like I've never, well, okay. I take it back. Maybe there's been one run where I didn't go out because I had really bad cramps. But even if I have bad cramps, the run will typically help with the cramps. Exactly. Yeah. Even if you don't feel like going, I notice that while I'm on my run, they start to fade away. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So if you're feeling a kind of crappy, the run's going to make you feel better on exactly. average. Yeah. I mean, don't injure yourself, but if it's period cramps, it'll, it'll make you feel better. Full math, as Jill says. <laughs> it's easy math. Easy math. Oh, I like this one. Tips for feeling confident running in a sports bra. Do you run in a sports bra? Yeah. So you know what? I have been thinking about this one a lot more lately. I do run in a sports bra, but only on days when I'm not feeling bloated. And I think that's like kind of messed up because I'm all for like all women of all shapes and sizes, like everyone, even guys, like who, whoever wears a sports bra, if you wear a sports bra, like go on a run in a sports bra because it's very liberating. And I want to challenge myself to go out in a sports bra more often when I'm not feeling my best physically. I think that's something that I kind of want to get through. And I think it's important to just do it because there's a feeling that, I don't know, it just feels really freeing. Do you run in your sports bra? So I don't because I still struggle with this. Often if it's like really hot, like the other day on the way out, I'll keep a shirt on. And then on the way back, I'll take my shirt off and then I'm carrying my shirt. But yeah, I struggle with this a lot. And it's just... I don't know. It, it is personal preference, but I think you're right. It's just, it feels really freeing. Just having your stomach exposed when you're running is, it cools you down a little bit. It totally does. I think yeah. one thing though, cause I mean, I change up my runs where I run, but I run sometimes on a pretty busy bike path mm-hmm. and there's a lot of men out there. And I feel I get some reaction sometimes when I'm only wearing my sports bra and it makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's something that I struggle with. And it, it really bothers me that people feel the need to say something mm-hmm. to, you know, women as they're running in public. It's like, just let me do my thing. I don't know. It That kind of bothers me. But at the same time, I, I really do my best to just ignore it, keep on going and focus on what it's doing for my, like, I don't know, mental health. Exactly. Maybe sense. no one's really paying attention to you. And even if they are, it's for like a fleeting second and then it's gone. Why does their whatever they think for a fleeting second matter to you. Do what makes you feel good. Totally. Also, every time I see someone running in a sports bra, I'm just like, hell yeah. Me too. I don't know. It doesn't even matter who it is. I'm just like, right? It's like badass. It is really badass. So you'll look badass if you're Maybe we should start something like a Friday sports bra run or something. Yeah. Just not in the winter. (laughs) Not in the winter. Yeah. During the the summer. Yeah. Okay. Bookmark that. Dan, bookmark that. First farts in a relationship. (laughs) This is like such a common question. I feel like you go first. So I remember the first time I farted in front of Dan. It was when we were in college. It must have been like a year into our relationship. And I was in like the figure four position. We were in bed and we're like looking on his phone or something. And I was in the figure four position, like with my leg. And I was um, using the stick. Wait, figure four. Now I'm thinking it's something else. What's figure four? When you're trying to stretch your hip. Oh, like one foot over the the knee? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. And I was just in a really freeing position and it came out and I looked at him and I said, don't talk to me. And I, I literally <laughs> rolled over and went to bed and we never talked about it. And now I fart in front of him all the time. So I was going to say until this podcast, yeah. I feel like every time, usually you don't want to do it. Like don't let it rip, but when it comes own it or make a joke out of it. You know, yeah. like every time I accidentally fart, I'll say hello. Like someone knocked at the door or something. Hello. <laughs> it wasn't a shark though. Right. Just a fart. Just a fart. Yeah. It was a little one squeaked out. That's funny though. Like you'd make another noise and see if he he notices. This just says gaining weight while running. I've done that. I've done that too. I feel like every time I'm marathon training, well, not every time, but a lot of times I end up gaining weight because my hunger gets a little out of control. But when I'm half marathon training, really? Yeah. When I'm half marathon training, it's like usually my hunger is like intact, but don't get down on yourself. Sometimes too, at the beginning of marathon training, when you're like increasing your miles, it's okay to have an extra pound or something on your body to help with injury prevention. Yeah. And as your training goes on, you know, if you need to dial back and like lock in your nutrition and make sure you're getting everything you need without like, you know, over snacking, then do it as it comes, but don't be down on yourself at all. Oh my gosh. I've gained a lot of weight actually during marathon training. It'll yeah. go away eventually. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people start running to lose weight and like that works for a while. But I think as you begin to ramp up your training or you become more serious as a runner, gaining weight is kind of inevitable. And like you said, it'll, it'll go away. It'll ebb and flow and your body's doing what it needs to do. Um, yes. Trust your body. Like yeah. there's always times of the year when you're going to be a couple pounds heavier, whether it's winter, yeah. whether it's, you know, at the beginning of marathon training or whatever, it's kind of like your body knows what it's doing. I mean, I just think about it as like, okay, I'm not going to get injured if I have a couple pounds on me, extra pounds on me. Like that's just, that's great. That's injury prevention. hundred percent. Yeah. Injury prevention. Good way to look exactly. at it. Are there certain foods that make you miserable in all caps? before a run oh yeah <laughs> mine is anything really high in fat mm -hmm. so like I had to cut out peanut butter in my oatmeal before it runs because it would make me cramp like crazy yes so badly so now I just use peanut butter powder which I mean whatever it's, it gets the job done but um yeah anything really high in fat same high in fat high in fiber so like any like fruit or vegetables that's high in fiber right before a run it's going to make me cramp. It's going to make me shart. It's going <laughs> to, but yeah, high in fat, high in fiber. Sometimes too, like sweets, like the chocolate chip cookie I posted on my story today, really good. But if I were to eat that before a run, I would just like feel weighed, not even like weighed down. Like I ate sweets. I feel fat, like weighed down, like slow and lethargic. Yeah. I cramp really easily. So I have to eat my overnight oatmeal and have a cup of coffee and then nothing else. That's what works for my body. I love that you found what works so well for yeah. you. I know. Cause you, you're still figuring it out, right? I always say that, but I mean, like, I know that usually in the in the mornings, if I run, I run fasted. If I have like a pretty carb heavy dinner, it, depending on the workout. I mean, if it's like intense, um, speed over 50 minutes, like I'll have a half a banana. Bananas are like, remember we were talking about our mutual love for bananas, bananas. Yeah. <laughs> um, bananas are like my go-to. Bananas, bread, and a little bit of peanut butter. If my body, some days I can handle a little fat, some days I can't. Toast, bananas, but not warm bananas. That's a reference from the, the Fuel Pod Instagram. Check that one oh, out. Oh, that was funny. Most embarrassing running moment. I don't God, know. there's so many. Okay. <laughs> 
like, I don't know if I have any. And you're like, God, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> oh, once I was on a run with my brother and I, I, I had to poop really badly, but it, it was just coming out as farts. And with every step, it was like, yep. <laughs> it's like every step. It's like a little <laughs> comes out. I know. I was like, I'm so sorry. And then, like, it smelled too. I thought of one, but it, it's not like the worst, but it's also not the best. I remember I was running on the opposite. Obviously, if you're running in the road, you want to run against traffic. But a lot of the times there's going to be a bike path there or, yeah, a little like bike path. And so when a biker comes, you usually kind of jump out of the way, let them go, blah, blah, blah. And I was doing that. But there's this there's this biker in Long Beach. He's a curmudgeon is a word that people say to <laughs> exemplify an older person who's kind of has they're grumpy. And he's always riding his bike in Long Beach, curmudgeon status. I hate that word. <laughs> and he was coming at me and I was running at him. I kind of moved out of the way. So he had like a clear path and he yelled at me. He was like, respect your elders, young lady, move out of the way. He was like cussing me out in old people speak for not getting out of the way. And there's like a lot of people around. And I just like felt like such an idiot, even though I totally jumped out of the way for him. I don't know. Just getting chewed out by like an 80 year old. Oh, that actually happened to me when I was on my 22 mile run, like the very beginning. And I was on the sidewalk and I was running down the sidewalk and this couple with a dog and the girl was on her phone, like looking down at her phone and the guy was looking at me and I assumed that they were going to move. But the guy didn't say anything to the woman who was on her phone. So I just went like around them and said, excuse me. And the woman looks up from her phone and she goes, use your fucking words. And I was like, excuse <gasps> You're me. You're on your phone, bitch. I was like, what? This is a sidewalk. It's a two-way sidewalk here. Your oh. mans didn't say anything. You're on your phone. I was like, what? That was, it was crazy. It drives me crazy too when you're running towards someone and they're on like a path and they're running in like, they're walking in a line where you can't really get by them. You'd have to like do a circle around them and they're looking at you. It's like, you could easily just single file for like a hot second. Let me go by. But I, uh, the people, the nerve, um, a nervous pee before a race. I, I pee like 20 times before just even getting out the door on a run. Oh yeah. For, for like a race, usually before I leave the house or the hotel or whatever, pee once or twice, get to the race chill by the porter potties go right when you get there and yeah. then chill for a little bit and then get back in line talk with a friend pee again get in the corral I always struggle because like I'm peeing so I'm dehydrated so then I need to rehydrate but then I need to pee again so I always leave it like the last thing I do is pee and I don't hydrate and then I run out the door 100%. Worst place you've gone to the bathroom on a run. I mean, there's been so many trails that I've just hopped behind a bush, <laughs> you know, liberated. <laughs> like that's definitely human. Um, <laughs> that is human scat. <laughs> definitely just like anywhere on a trail. If there's a trail around the Long Beach area, you know, you bet it. You betcha. I've been there. Yeah. I mean, like off the road behind a tree kind of thing. I'm uh, sure there's been another spot, but can't remember yeah or your I'm pants. Lucky had my memory yeah or the pants so that's probably. probably the worst place to go oh this is interesting do you wear underwear under leggings this is actually a really good question because I know one of my friends who used to work at Athleta was telling me that the fabrics of a lot of 
you know, athletic clothing are made. So you're not supposed to wear underwear or you're supposed to wear a specific kind of underwear, Mm -hmm. but I wear underwear because I don't like the feeling of not wearing underwear. Yeah. I'm the same way. I know that that's a thing. And I know a lot of people do that and I know it's, it's totally fine to do. And I think it's actually better. Better. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I like, I like the feeling of having something there, especially if the friction and I just like an extra layer. I actually, that's funny that you said that. And this is like a TMI answer. So it's perfect. I didn't wear underwear the other day with these shorts that were, I think they were not necessarily made perfect. They weren't like Lululemon or anything like that, that were made to wear without underwear. And I chafed in that area and it was so painful. I don't even like liners. Like I hate things that are lined and all running shorts are lined. They're all lined. I wear my own underwear. Like, I don't, I don't need that. But. Do you cut out the liners? I, I remember there was always the kid that did that. No, I haven't. But that's actually a good point. I could try doing that. <laughs> that's actually interesting because we have a question about chafing and how to stop chafing. Oh, that's a good mm. one. Do you chafe? So I used to chafe really bad underneath my sports bra line. It was really painful. It was just like in one spot, kind of right below my sternum. And mm-hmm. I like everything like loose fitting, including my sports bra. What? A loose fitting sports bra? Are you a psychopath? Well, because I have like double A's. So it's not like anything's going to slip out. It's good for running. I think that my sports bra was too loose and it was just like rubbing up against me too much. So I just got a tight totally. sports bra. I chafe sometimes in my armpits. It's weird. It's like, it only happens sometimes. And I couldn't tell you why. I honestly feel like it's a day where I feel heavy. And then all of a sudden I chafe in my armpits. It's weird. And I've I've challenged this with different sports bras, different clothing, and I can never figure out the day it's going to happen. But if it's happening continuously for you and like, you know, the leg chafing is like really common. My legs are like, My body's in a way where like my legs don't chafe. Like I think they like go, my legs go outside of my hips. I don't know. Yours do that like a lot. So I don't think your body is made in a way where your legs would chafe. But some people like, I don't even know the medical term. The bone structure is different. And so like a lot of people will chafe on their thighs. And so getting, and what I use in my armpits, if I want to be safe is like a chafe bomb. I'm blanking on the brand that I have. I can give you the link and you can put it in the description, but basically you just rub that stuff on there and it really helps with chafing. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I never used a cream or anything like that. I just got like a sturdier sports bra, like one with a better band too. I get questions like this all the time. Yeah. It's a very common question I've gotten because I shared on Instagram before that I had, I struggle with amenorrhea. I did. So Mm -hmm. I get a lot of questions about how to get your period back. And I think that And I think that's really common for female, well, obviously female, but runners, especially people that start young. So did you ever struggle with that? You know what? I was thinking about this because I knew this was probably going to be one of the questions asked. And I think I was lucky to never actually fully lose my period. I think it got really, really light, but I never had fully lost it. And I was so lucky because I, you know, I definitely was undernourished. Um, at one point in my life, like back in college, I think just like putting, making sure that you're eating enough of the right foods. And I mean, you can probably talk a lot about this too. I think there's a period where you need to like really, really up your calories um, more so than you would typically eat, you know, in the future, but like making sure you're eating enough and not overworking out, you know what I mean? To make sure you get it back safely. But what, what, what did you do to make sure it came back? Like I tell everybody, like, I'm not 
a doctor yet. Not a doctor. <laughs> That's the first thing you should do. And I know a lot of like GPs, general physicians might like dismiss it. They'll be like, you're young and you're active and I wouldn't worry about it. But I mean, if you're at the age where you so should be weird. getting your period, yeah, you should be getting your period. So go to an OBGYN, meet with a reg registered dietitian. That's something I would say is like number one, mm -hmm. because you're not feeling, you're fueling yourself appropriately. So that's probably where you need help. Yeah, for me, it was just eating enough, backing off of my training intensity. Yeah, that's mostly it. And I kind of came back once the stress went away, not having my period and I had so much stress in my life. So your body's not going to be able to have a baby if you're stressed out and hundred percent. Yeah. So it's just like eliminating the stress, feeding yourself and gaining necessary weight. And it's funny because with the word stress, I was talking about this with Sam earlier, stress is, we use that word every day. I'm sure we all use it. If not every day, like quite often. And it's crazy how bad stress is for your body. And okay. if you're stressed and you realize what stress is doing to you, it could cause you to be more stressed, worrying about the stress in your life. And so I feel like dealing with stress is like the root of a lot of issues. So make sure that if you're not going to therapy, maybe look into it, like meditation, yoga, even at the end of the day, like winding down with your favorite TV show or doing things that make you happy, make you laugh, like combating that negative feeling with something really positive outside of running too. So that stress is crazy. Like we yeah. use it as commonplace language when it's really something that is so hard. Like I've lost hair from stress. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I would also just like going off of all of that, I would say like amenorrhea doesn't discriminate based on your weight. Same with eating disorders, obviously. Same with anorexia. It doesn't discriminate based on your weight. So if you think like it's no big deal, I'm heavier than I've ever been and I don't have my period, it's probably no big deal. Just know it doesn't discriminate. It is stress. It's all about stress. Random point on that one too, because I think it might be helpful. I remember when I was still kind of dealing with disordered eating, like I was never diagnosed with a specific eating disorder, but when I was dealing with disordered eating and I was eating more and living my life, like partying, drinking, whatever. And I put on a good amount of weight and I was heavier than I'd ever been in my entire life, heavier than I am now. I remember I was in like the worst, like probably almost a worse mental state than I was when I was really, really skinny because I was just confused. And I yeah. think that my stress was higher then than it, it, or not, if not equal. And so it's like nowhere, no matter where you are, at with your weight and your disordered eating or eating disorder, like, no, it's just as important as the stress you were dealing when you were like smaller or X, Y, Z. So take, yeah. make sure you're taking care of yourself and getting your stress down. I like this one. How to stop comparing yourself to other runners. Ooh. I know we both struggle with this and we've talked about it a lot. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I think well, I was always part of a running club too. And so you see like, you know, really fast runners in the running club and you're like, wow, like I want to run that marathon time. Like, why am I not there yet? Like we used to always be at that same pace and now you're so much faster. Like, why am I not there? Like I, these are thoughts that, you know, we don't want to admit that we have, but sometimes it goes through our head. It's just so important to know who you are as a runner, because like you said earlier in this conversation, we're all so different as runners that we can't do the same exact workout plan. You know, it's going to be a little bit different and to get faster, to progress, it's going to be a little bit different than it is for other people. So just following your own goals and celebrating your own accomplishments is going to be huge and not comparing yourself to other paces. And 
I mean, this is actually kind of interesting. Sorry, this is like a long answer, but Sam kind of pointed out something to me. And, you know, I, I post paces all the time without like thinking twice. I'm like, oh, easy pace run, like high eights, low nines, like whatever. And Sam's just like, Michelle, like we went on easy pace run the other day and it was like a 10 minute mile. Like, are you telling me that my easy pace run is like really slow? Are you saying that this is a bad run for you? And I was like, oh my God, no, absolutely not. That's just, you know, paces are so relative to what run you're going on, who you are, X, Y, Z. Like I would never want the paces that I post to hurt somebody else or for to think that I'm calling them out for running faster or slower X, Y, Z. I think that there's this kind of like, I don't know, like, what do you think about posting paces? Because it got me thinking, I was like, well, shoot, like I post my pace all the time, but I just assume people don't compare or look at it as hurtful, you know? Yeah. I struggle with that too. And that's why I'm not on Strava. I know a lot of people are on Strava and that can be like kind of toxic because you're just constantly Mm -hmm. comparing yourself to other people. But I post them more for myself and maybe I don't need to do that because I can. No, I like when you do it. Yeah. I never, I never want it to like hurt anybody or make anyone feel like they're slow because everybody's so different. And that reminds me, I remember once Des Linden posted a picture of like her Strava and it was an 8.30 pace or something, which if you don't know, I remember this. Yeah. She's like a five minute mile marathoner per mile marathoner. It was the picture of the Strava 8.30 pace or whatever. And then the next picture was of her like in the snow running up this ginormous hill. And she was, I think the caption was like, it's silly to compare yourself to other people. Odds are you don't have the full story. Yeah. Exactly what you were saying. It com- it depends on the run. It depends on the runner. It depends on the day. Like it depends on the hills. It's useless to, to compare. Odds are you don't have the full story. And it's, I think it's going to happen over time for you to, you know, realize it's just so important not to compare yourself just for your mental health too. When you're stressed and everything, it's like, like you're saying, if it, you're having trouble with it, maybe get off of Strava kind of like your point. That's huge. And I realized I only upload like some of my workouts to Strava. Sometimes like I just won't track it on my watch or like if I'm running on the treadmill, it's not going to get uploaded because it's like so freaking wrong on the Garmin. (laughs) And so just know that there's usually a bigger picture to the story than what you're seeing from people too. Exactly. That was the last question. Oh, those are really good. They you have the really best followers. They popped off. I was very, very happy. So thanks for playing. Hopefully it wasn't, I know you're an open book, so it's no big deal for you. And I don't really, I've stopped caring what anyone thinks. So. <laughs> Same. I'm like, I don't even care. Throw me, throw me anything. No. Yeah. That was really fun. Thanks for including me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and sharing your embarrassing moments for everyone to hear. And well, in the future, when your podcast grows, people are going to come back to this and be like, dang, what a throwback episode, you know? Exactly. And we'll have you on more because this is just so easy and organic. Oh my God. Well, same with you guys. I'm excited to even talk to Dan and see how his try training's going and watch your, you know, training progress and you come back from your injury. It's so exciting. You can say bye to me okay. if you want. bye bye Jill thanks so much bye Michelle thank you so that was my conversation with Michelle I hope you guys enjoyed I hope you laughed a little bit and I can't wait to see you in the next episode see you next Tuesday